You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I was sweating bullets. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> That's not the B word I thought you were going to use. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Travis Cura, Brazilian Thai. I was at the Grey Cup, mm-hmm. and uh, Brazilian Thai is a little bit more buzzed than me. Woo! So let's. <laughs> now, pulling back the curtain to two and out a little bit in two and uh, out lore. If like we're we're onto the next three hundred episodes, uh, onto the uh, next. You still sound. You still sound pretty good to me. Yeah. Unlike the lost episode of Two and Out, where I had to pull the plug about 11 minutes in and say, we're doing this again tomorrow. 11 minutes or 11 seconds? (laughs) That was on you because I was, I I texted you and I was fully set up for a Tuesday record. I will pull it up. I will find it. I was fully set up for a Tuesday record. You never replied, which is your MO. (laughs) <laughs> ask your brother, ask your mom, ask Brandon, ask everybody. Oh, oh you're the that's wo- unfair. You're the Let- worst texter in the world, Travis. <laughs> hey, come find me if you want to talk to me. Let's change this subject. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna drive to Blackfold. Um, that that night was unfair. Uh, I feel like I was uh, attacked personally for that. Oh, oh. <laughs> Uh, no, but tonight is uh, completely on your brother and our buddy Dean. Um, this is all their fault. That's fair. What? Which, which That's I mean, fair. to be <laughs> nothing. Nothing else was expected. Nothing less was expected. Yeah, exactly. You're just kind of living up to your uh, reputation, man. Yeah. The, the the running theme of Grey Cup was, hey, love the pod, love what you do, your partner, <laughs> hammered. Yeah. <laughs> gonna tell you trav gonna tell you i had no fomo this year because you know what i wasn't hung over uh any day wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday i wasn't hung over at all um i didn't have to pretend to be happy that's a first uh it was great you know i just laid around the house and thought about how long my trager was gonna run on sunday which it ran for about 10 and a half hours today um, I don't know if I'll ever go to a Grey Cup again. I don't know, but if you don't shut up, I'm going to have to pull the plug on this episode, too. So no. this episode <laughs> of Tune Out is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. I know they they say winter is coming. It's technically in what nine days or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so energy usage for all, all Albertans is going to be increasing. Now's a great time. 
Maybe look at your utility bills. Ensure you're on the best plan. Albertans have a choice to who they pay their utility bills to. Park Power is happy to provide free, no obligation comparisons. If you decide to switch providers, it's easy. And you can feel good knowing you're supporting a local business and helping to give back to our communities with your utilities bills. Learn more at parkpower.ca. Okay, let's uh, just rewind to last week. Uh, pretty quickly. Oh, I guess last week now, and it's just uh, just Friday. The State of the League uh, address happening that day, and uh, learning that the CFL signed a new deal with Genius Sports. Mm-hmm. Not really sure what this means, but it does appear that these guys have an equity stake in the CFL. So th- this is not insignificant. We, we don't have the details on what exactly this means, what it looks like, but this could be a, a big deal in changing a lot of things for the league going forward. Yeah, I think so, 100%. Um, you know, the, the CFL doesn't have that money to throw at a company like that, so they give them the stake, uh, you know, and the right. stake they get is the same stake as the the, uh, the nine other teams, which I'm, I'm totally okay with if they're going to give you um, the marketing and, you know, they're yeah. technically a stats company, right? So there's that option, which, I mean, we've been talking about stats on this podcast for the last three years. And, you know, we get the stat sheets and those are great. Uh, and there are stats on the on the league website. But, I mean, there's just there's still stuff like, you know, and I'm hoping that this is something that comes up with, like, depth of target and, and stuff like that and yards after contact, because uh, I think those are things that are pretty substantial when it comes to looking at a team's success, uh, that if we can get stuff like that coming from this partnership, I think it, it can only do good for the league. I've seen a lot of stats nerds kind of marking out over this one, so uh, hopefully it's a good thing for the league. It's just the, the stake, uh, I think, has some mm-hmm. people kind of... Worried. You know, <laughs> trepidation. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see where that goes. Yeah. And also announcing that looking to get revenue sharing in place mm-hmm. for 2022 and beyond. Now, there is a segment of fans that say it's about time. Yeah. There's the other segment of fans that say, hey, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Saskatchewan, community-owned, and we, we now need to give money to mm-hmm. trillion-dollar organizations in Toronto to help their team. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of get both sides of it a little bit. Oh, I, I 100% get both sides. And uh, from what I understand, though, there will be conditions that have to be met uh, with that money that they receive through revenue sharing. And if they don't use it properly, they'll end up, I don't know, if they're going to get less or maybe, I don't, I don't know. But I know from what I've heard and what I've read that there will be conditions. So hopefully, right. ho- hopefully those teams that are going to have to dip into that, uh, use it accordingly and properly to where they should. Um, I, I don't think it should be used for player salaries or anything like that. I think it should be used for you right, know, right. For, for growth and, and trying to to market and grow your brand. I don't know if necessarily if it has if it has to go to player salaries, then I get it. Uh, but I don't think that's going to be a big issue. But I totally get you know there's there's one half of the country that's pretty jaded when it comes to, to we'll call it revenue sharing or you can call it equalization. You know, it depends on yeah. <laughs> uh, it depends on what side of the spectrum yeah. you fall. 
Uh, yeah. But, I mean, half of those people also don't realize who signed that, but that's beyond the point. Uh, you know, there are people that are jaded about that, and they're going to carry that over to their fandom. Well, and uh, the riders had to be bailed out a few times as yep. well. Times 100%. weren't always good. Weren't always good there, yep. and they weren't always so good in Winnipeg. Now, two-time Grey Cup champions. Let's talk about the 108th Grey Cup, where the Winnipeg Blue Bombers beat the Hamilton Tiger Cats at home at Tim Hortons Field, 33-25 in overtime. <laughs> I, you know, a lot was said about entertaining games in the CFL this year, Ty, and I think the the playoffs delivered, didn't they? Yeah, I mean those those arguments come up, and there's not a lot of argu- not a lot of arguments against it. Like, I mean, the games and the product on the field this year weren't weren't one hundred percent, you know, entertaining. Uh, it was a lot of ugly football, and I think we expected that coming in. And over yeah, the last, yeah. oh yeah, over well, with no preseason or well, yeah, no preseason. Uh, you know, a year off. I mean, not everybody had the chance to go down south and and get reps. Uh, I mean, everybody looks at just that, but I mean, scoring has been down in the last seven to six, seven years. Uh, but this game was a complete. 360 from what we were expecting i think uh you know they did the top 10 uh great cup games on tsn as a precursor and the number one was the last time it was in hamilton snowing team still scored 80 points highest scoring great cup i don't think anybody expected that uh but what we got was an absolute showcase of the league i think the the stat sheet says the wind was blowing fifteen kilometers an hour. I, Bullsh- I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it was by far the windiest football game I've ever been to. And I'll tell you what, Saturday in Hamilton was worse. If if that game was played on the Saturday, oh, let me it guess. Wouldn't have let been me guess. Pretty. The wind was coming off the quote unquote mountain. It's an it's an escarpment. It's not a mountain. Like, let's be real. It was it was the Hamilton version of a Chinook. Uh, oh, so it, so it was warm. So it smelled like it, it actually smelled got like up Toronto. to eighteen degrees. Eighteen degrees on Saturday. I I was sweating bullets. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> That's not the B word I thought you were going to use. <laughs> No, 18, 18 degrees in, in December you'll take every day of the week. Yeah, absolutely. Windy or not. It, yeah. it was a hell of a game. Uh, and, and and last week, I kind of said, if if the Ticats defensive line get to Zach Caleros, they mm-hmm. can win this game. And they did early on, just yeah. like Saskatchewan did in the West Final. They forced Caleros... Uh, to throw a couple interceptions. I think they both went to Cam Kelly. Uh, mm-hmm. They put him on his back a few times. He looked like he was getting really, really frustrated. And I was kind of worried about that, if they'd be able to limit Andrew Harris and have an effective defensive line without Ted Laurent. Big Ted had to be hurting. Not in more ways than one. I'm surprised that he didn't just say, screw it, I'm playing. I'm, I'm sure he wouldn't I... have been cleared. 
Yeah. But yeah. I mean, if that wasn't an issue, there's no way that he would have said, "Oh no, I, I'm too sore." Yeah. Right. Yeah. He uh, he he carried a, the big '68 Mosca flag out yeah. of the tunnel. He looked like he was doing that uh, a bit gingerly. But so they had the rookie. Autry in on the defensive line, and I, I think their line still performed yep. uh, as well as they needed to. And Andrew Harris, he had 80 yards on 18 carries, uh, just over four yards a carry. I mean, he, he had an average night uh, for yep. for number 33. That's a pretty average night. And uh, Dane Evans wasn't really able to get it going. Four for nine, an interception, and then he gets hurt. Now, Ty, I only saw it in the stands. Did mm-hmm. he get hurt on kind of the Willie Jefferson head slap there? No, I, I don't think so. Um, Afterwards? I, I, will say, I will say this, that they have to call – I. I I saw Willie Jefferson's hand come down. Like that's going to be a penalty. Yeah, it was one of those. They things. threw the flag. Yeah, yeah. I said that's a sh- that's a crap call. But I mean, that's yeah. a call you have to make. We've talked about it. It's got to be black and white. You can't that that can't be a judgment call. You either you have to call that. Um, it kind of yeah. looked to me like a finger got caught uh, in the upper face opening, the upper left, and kind of. Roll, or rotated his neck a little bit as he was coming down on that tackle. Oh. There was there was two bombers there. I, it was I don't maybe the Willie head slap, you know, kind of kind of aggravated something. I, I don't think that was it at all. I think it was as he was falling, his head kind of got turned a little bit. Um, I, I I don't know. I we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. I don't think it was the Jefferson head slap. Although I mean, if it was, it wasn't that egregious. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it. I mean, it looked pretty inconspicuous, um, but it when did. he comes yeah. up grabbing the back of his neck and like not, not the front or anything, you knew that it was he wasn't faking it. He wasn't trying to draw a call. It 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 was. I think it's a muscle thing. Oh, okay, man, we've all kinked the neck, and oh. it's terrible. <laughs> it's the, yeah, it's called sleeping. Like we're in our thirties. Like yeah. our lives are over. <laughs> So Jeremiah Mazzoli comes in, and I thought he had a good game. I mean, yeah. uh, as good as he could uh, against the Bomber defense in a week where you didn't get the reps. He goes 20 of 25, 181 yards, two touchdowns, an interception. And uh, it, it was like, is this going to be the fairy tale story? Oh, you know, man. I was sweating. This, is, is this why the Ticats had... You know these yeah. two quarterbacks all year long, and, and you bring it to up. Lose his job. You bring it yeah. up where, you know, is there a team more equipped right now in this league for a quarterback injury? Like you, no. you say, you're, you're saying Masoli didn't get the reps, but I mean he's had six weeks yeah, of reps, yeah. right? Like it's not yeah. like it's it's not like he's getting thrown to the wolves, uh, you know. Between him and Masoli, or between him and Dane Evans, sorry. I mean, it's not. It, I mean, different play styles, obviously, different different game plans. Yeah. But they they both know the offense. They both know what's going on. Uh, it's not that much of a drop off. If Kalaros gets hurt and Sean McGuire has to come in, then I mean, that's a whole that's a whole another story, right? The way the game was going early on, I kind of wondered if they were going to make mm-hmm. the switch to Mazzoli anyway, and I. <laughs> Man, it it just kind of looked like that. I, I, I yeah. that would be a tough decision to make, a ballsy decision to make in the Grey Cup. But I mean, we talk about Willie Jefferson, and in moments in this game, 
Hamilton QBs were just having trouble throwing around them. Yeah. Um, they did okay. Willie Jefferson called, caused an interception. He almost had another one himself later in the game. It's that he's more valuable, and that defensive line is smart enough to know if they're not going to mm-hmm. get home and get to the quarterback, they can <laughs> do other things. Find a way to throw around them. Yeah, yeah. Well, Willie Jefferson had three tackles. That's it. Yep. And he still impact. He impacts the game. Like you, you can't look at the stat line because the CFL doesn't track quarterback pressures. They don't track. I don't believe on our spread on our stat sheet we get pass knocks that knockdowns. Um, you know, so stuff like that, or I guess we do get knockdowns, but I mean, like just, it's not even what he does like tackle wise and quarterback sack. It's what he takes from that offensive line that opens up everything else for the, for the other guys on defense, whether it's Jackson, Jeff coat or Adam Bakehill on a blitz or something like there's got to, there's usually two guys dedicated to blocking Willie Jefferson. So it goes a little understated, especially now. Like, everybody knows, right? So, I mean, yeah, he only has three tackles, but he's just such a big part of that defense for every other piece that without him, I think that defense is completely different. Casey Sales and Jackson Jeffco both credited with knockdowns on mm-hmm. the uh, Winnipeg defensive line. And then uh, how did the halftime show sound on TV? Uh, really good until the Lumineers came on. <laughs> no, and you know I can feel that. I get that. I it, get that. It, it it had nothing to do with the sound quality. It was just it seemed like a lull. Like the way yeah. that the way that that halftime show opened, I'm like, this is unreal. Um, it was cool. Yeah, it was awesome. And you know, I was watching with a couple of buddies, and like, well, are those the Arkells? I'm like, well, that's the drummer. <laughs> like well, and there's the key. Oh no, yeah, that's all of them. Like because you didn't, I, it was dark, right? You didn't notice, and then mm-hmm, yeah, it, mm-hmm. it they they ramped it up great. And if they could have kept the momentum going, I think it would have been awesome. And then yeah, the, not nothing against the Lumineers. I don't think they're halftime material. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, like if the Arkells do a if if Arkells do a 15 minute set of just their stuff, I think I think it kills. I agree too. I agree. Yeah. The the end of the first half, <laughs> oh, it, it was it was Hamilton trying to take advantage of the wind, and mm-hmm. and the wind in this one was the difference. We saw how it it really played a factor in uh, the second half. There was that play uh, near the end of the first half where. <laughs> they had, yeah, the Don Jackson 36-yard play and then completing the pass to Stephen Dunbar for the touchdown there. Two plays, 48 yards, 15 seconds. They're up 10-7 going into half. And I, I said to Taylor, my wife, I said, hey, was that not the score of the West final <laughs> at the half for uh, Saskatchewan? And... Hamilton and there were some moments in the third quarter and especially at the end of the third quarter where Orlando Steinauer called the timeout yeah. to, to force Winnipeg to to take the safety and so Hamilton still had some time 
with the wind to try and take advantage of that. And when it turned around, and I think they kicked a really short field goal, didn't they? Yeah. And they had a couple really short field goals in this one. And I think maybe the one in the first half, just where they were with the wind, oh, I thought you Mm. gotta go here. You have to try to go because that's yeah. when the Bomber defense, to their credit, Hamilton moved the ball. Yeah, Hamilton. But there were key Winnipeg moments. wasn't making the plays on defense yet when when that was an issue. They weren't. Right? Yeah. And once it got down and their backs were mm-hmm. against the wall and in the end zone, they made the plays and yeah. forced Hamilton to take the points and take what they could get. And that ended up being the real difference here. Yeah, I never thought that a safety or a kickoff single would be yeah, a huge no difference. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's bound to happen during a regular season game through the course of a season or, you know, over the course of a couple seasons. But for it to be that big of a factor in a Grey Cup game yeah, just makes makes my heart so happy. <laughs> well, and now he takes the single... Tim White takes the single in the fourth quarter to make it 25 takes or Takes or misses? No, he kneeled down to give up okay. on the kickoff to yeah. make it 25-22. Because he had also, he'd also missed receiving a kickoff. Oh, yeah. There was that one that sailed yeah. over his head as well. Wow, um, he touched it. That was my favorite one. Yeah, that one. Yeah, because that would have <laughs> not been a point if he didn't touch it, right? Absolutely, yeah. yep. So there, there were two singles in this game that ended up being mm-hmm. really significant. And now That's... the one that they conceded made mm-hmm. it a three-point lead for Winnipeg. Yeah. And Which, I mean, a three-point lead, that's fine. You get the field position back for a field goal. But then you, it's, it's kind of shoulda, coulda, woulda. I, yeah, so it, it's, it's a crapshoot, really. I get it. I get it. Because they, they ended up getting it down to, what, the six-yard line? Yeah. Set a third and goal. Yeah. And then you have to take the field goal to send it to overtime. I, yeah, I know but would you, you do. Would you rather return that to the 10? Yeah. And, and like I, I, I think that was the right yeah. play. Because at that point, at that point, you're not playing for the win. It's like we're in. If we can yeah. get across midfield, we're, well, not even midfield. If we can get across the 35 because of the wind. Because the um, wind, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If, if we can get across the 35, we're in field goal range possibly. Let's get this tied and try again. We're not going to be Chris Jones, you know, going for a win in overtime <laughs> when we don't need to. Let's get the tie and live, fight to, or live to fight another day. Like, I mean, I, I think that's. I think you do that every time. I, I don't think you really want to drive that ball 95 yards or nine or 100 yards. Sorry, it was that drive by Jeremiah Mazzoli. That I, I got worried. <laughs> I was like, this is. This defines his time in yeah. Hamilton. 100%. You know? And, and, and you know what? Him not scoring, I don't think that is that much of a detriment. Well, no. And, and that was a hell of a drive. And that was yeah. a hell of a play on on second down in the end zone. I think it was Dietrich yeah. Nichols with that yeah. knockdown. Yeah. What a play. And I don't even know if he really knocked it down. Like, I, I feel like when I watched that replay, it almost looked like it hit the, the receiver's hand first. Wow. Right? Like, wow. But, I mean, I mean, the pressure's still there. Like, I mean, Nichols had a lot to do with it, obviously. Uh, 
and and his hand did get in there and he eventually was able to get a hand on it but you know the, the just the pressure and and the body presence like i mean you hear footsteps hearing footsteps is a real thing yeah when, it when is. you're it is. when you're looking to catch a football and you know and i've never played tackle football i've played flag football i've i've heard footsteps and dropped a pass because i'm afraid of getting hit and then it's like uh duh i'm not going to get hit but it's still <laughs> it's still in your head. You hear it. There's somebody yeah. in your yeah. there's somebody in your personal bubble. You you know that there's somebody there. I, I think the the keys in this game. Well, it was a Man. game of inches. Like it it could have went either way, but it was I think the key penalties that the Tie Cats mm-hmm. ended up taking. There was an unnecessary roughness uh, that uh, they took on a big play. There was a offside on oh. uh, a third down play. Now, I, I yeah. think Winnipeg got the first down anyway, but and then and then there was the holding penalty in overtime as well. Yeah, that was a shame. <laughs> but you look at Winnipeg, four penalties for 40 yards, and yeah. Hamilton, eight for 65, and they were they were tough ones to take. It- it doesn't seem like that big of a difference. I mean, it's only 25 yards, uh, but just the timing kind of kind of kills you uh, when you need to oh, be yeah. disciplined uh, and not even necessarily, you know, with with unnecessary roughnesses and objectionable conduct stuff. It's just fundamentals. You know, we talk about every time. So we've probably talked about it a hundred times this season with the riders going offside at the goal line. Like that's yeah, not <laughs> that's unexcus- that's inexcusable, inexcusable, right? Um, I mean, yeah, were these penalties preventable? Yes. Uh, were they mental lapses? Yeah, you could say yes, probably. Uh, were they undisciplined? Um, other than the rough in the passer, I don't really think so. I think it's guys just playing on the edge, mm-hmm. and you know, try trying to trying to get that extra, you know, half a second on a tackle trying to get around him to get to the quarterback. It's not like they were killing themselves with, you know, the 15-yard Chris Edwards specials. Yeah, exactly. Now, is the most significant signing that the Bombers made all year Sergio Castillo? He should have been MVP. <laughs> do you know five what do you know what five. Winnipeg's do you know what Winnipeg's field goal percentage was? In the regular season, what was it? It was under sixty-three percent. Oh, he went five wow. for five with two extra points tonight. Yep, yep. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't. I don't love Zach Kalaros. Um, I don't hate Zach Kalaros, but he two hundred and forty yards, two picks, two touchdowns. I'm sorry, but without. Without Castillo, you don't win this football game. Well, and field goals was a struggle for Winnipeg all year yep. until they brought all him year. in. Oh, they bring him in, and it paid off when it mattered most. Yep, five for five, <laughs> and a game that, that's as, unbelievable. As it was, yeah, it is. You know, and it, it turns out that field goals can win you games. Hmm. Well, and again, Zach Kolaros <laughs> does it. Like he he yep. starts with two interceptions. He, he did and the then bare in, minimum tonight. And then in the fourth quarter, they get the wind. Yeah, 
and the offense was unstoppable. I'm not saying that was because of the wind, but they no. they couldn't be stopped. Hamilton's defense was all over them all night until that yep. fourth quarter. And I think, you know, when Seoul, we got the stats package, and this has to be brought up, before tonight, uh, the last seven teams to accept the opening kickoff have lost the Grey Cup. Wow. That was before tonight. Seven in so, a row. Now it's eight. Hamilton wins the kick or wins the coin flip. And when they elected to receive, I lost my mind. Because there's one rule when you win a coin toss, and it's defer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially when it's that windy. Yeah. And, yeah, they receive the kickoff. Winnipeg's like, fine, we'll kick it to you again to start the second quarter, and we'll take the win in the fourth. And they outscore Hamilton 15-6 to six in the yep. fourth quarter. Granted, Hamilton scored as many points against Winnipeg uh, than teams did all year in the fourth quarter in games that yeah. mattered where starters <laughs> played, yep. which is ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, like it came down to, to game game control, really, and you know, winning that battle line of scrimmage. And Winnipeg knew that if they had the wind with the lead, that I don't think, I don't think they thought they could be beat. They have a special group. Uh, They proved it. Uh, 2019 ends and they pick up 2021 right where they left off. They're the champs. Uh, They're the first back-to-back champs since uh, the Montreal Alouettes in uh, 2009 don't do it don't do it don't do it (laughs) but the longest gray cup drought in the cfl remains in hamilton in tiger town with another heartbreaking loss they were up by 12 with about eight minutes to go and sitting up high in the stands in tim horton's field the litter box Sweet Caroline comes on, and I had flashbacks to 2009. I said, don't I don't think get, that's, yeah. Don't, don't do get it. Copy I, Mario. I, I was in McMahon Stadium. I was singing Sweet Caroline. Mm-hmm. Riders are up 18 on the Alouettes. I get it. And then uh, it all kind of came, all kind of came crashing down. There's one team that works for, and that's the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. It's the jinx. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it feels like to me. <laughs> yeah. Now, where do the Bombers go from here? Because Kyle Walters was able to keep that core together after mm-hmm. one championship in 2019. Can he do it again? And the way that these players talk and the way they play for each other. Other than players yeah. retiring, I, I kind of see that those guys are willing to do anything to keep this group together. Yeah, I, I I think so. And even just the way they are together on the field, like it's such a well-oiled machine. Um, and like we saw it. I don't. Well, I guess I don't know if you saw any of the pregame stuff. Uh, I didn't see much. But they no. did. They did a thing with Jeff Coat and Jefferson. Yeah. And. Man, these two guys are attached at the hip. Right. Um, they both know that defense so well. Uh, yep. And they both play off each other so well. And, you know, one, so Jefferson will, you know, 
he'll yell out kind of what he sees. Jeff Coat knows what that means for his coverage or his blitz or what he needs to do and everything. And they just kind of know what they have to do. I mean, if one of them leaves, I mean, it doesn't seem like that big of an issue because there's still, you know, either Jackson Jeffcoat or Willie Jefferson, but them as a, as a tandem, I mean, it's basically that that's Gretzky and Curry right now. Like it's, it's ridiculous how good that defensive line is. Um, they're basically just one one guy. They all know exactly what's going on yep. at the exact same time. Um, are they willing to take less money to stick together? I would like to think so, and I think the league would like that. Uh, just for roster continuity, as that has come up as a uh, CBA issue. Whether or not Kyle Walter is able to make that happen, man... I don't know if there's a lot of money other than Ottawa for, for guys to throw around or for teams to throw around. I, I know that the the free agent market is always full uh, just with the one-year contracts, but I think it's going to take a lot to pry to pry the, the core players away from this defense in Winnipeg. Well, uh, Kyle Walters will dangle the dynasty word in front of these players and i think that you have to yep and uh jackson jeffcoat and willie jefferson they were born about a month apart both from texas and uh they're both going to be 31 going into next year oh my god they're 31 yeah Yeah, that's it (laughs) they probably they probably don't even even make noises when they stand up off the couch (laughs) they probably don't man Lucky I think Hamilton's, Hamilton's a bit of a different story. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you what do you, let Let's call a spade a spade. What do you do with the quarterback position right now? Who are you throwing that? money at? I think they go with Evans. That's and man, I th- I think so too. I kind of wonder what's the status of Brandon Banks. What's I think the, he's gone. I what's the status of Rolando Steinauer? And I'm not saying that they gone. want. I don't think they want him gone, but there's no. a, there's there's a possible job opening at the University of Washington. Could pay about a million dollars a year. He's from the area. He might be going to the NCAA for that job to live near home and make a lot of money. S- so where seven does figures? That... <laughs> Almost. Yep. Like, how, how do you say no? Where does that put the Tiger Cats going into? Next year, two Grey Cup losses in a row. That is tough. Yeah. It almost feels like unfinished business. Um, but at the same time, it almost feels like, you know, we're not. It It's the Flames and Oilers. It's like, yeah, you're the two best teams. But the Flames knew that they were not. They were not on the same level. Um, granted, the the Tiger Cats are a lot closer yeah, um, I don't think there was that big of a difference. I mean, it's only one game. It is only one game, and and it was it what it was a one eighty from what we saw last year. Uh, but I mean, for Orla- Orlando, if he turns down you know seven figures to go coach in the NCAA, it means that he really that you know you probably look at him being here 
as head coach, eventually moving into the front office. Like, if he's going to pass that up, then he's got to be part of the real long-term plans, or else he'd be gone. Um, Brandon Banks, I, and it's no, it's no slight against Brandon Banks, but I mean, the season he had was definitely a down season. I would not be surprised if Hamilton decides to part ways. Uh, is he still a, a viable option? Probably in the right offense. Not saying that Hamilton's the wrong offense for him. Uh, maybe just a change of scenery uh, helps him out. I don't know. Uh, but I, I don't see them blowing it up. Yeah, especially uh, that defense and Mark Washington. Yeah. And, and hey, maybe Mark Ma- Washington's right. got Mike, some... Uh, Mark Washington moves up if, if, yeah. if, Orlando, if Orlando moves on. Uh, I mean, if you can keep if you can keep that front four, if you can keep that defensive line together, that's something really yeah. big to build on. Um, you know, and and Adelike played out of position today. Uh, they had yeah. the rookie again at safety, like we saw in the East final. Uh, it didn't seem like that big of an issue, uh, but that might be something they have to address. Uh, it, it's it's the little stuff with Hamilton. I I think they're really really close. Yeah, I, I just course. don't know what that missing piece is. Uh, Brandon Banks turns 34 on the 21st. Yeah, and that, there's been a not a lot of mi- well, there has been a lot of miles, uh, especially with the special team stuff. Like we know yeah. guys get beat up yeah. on special teams, uh, so it doesn't look like there's been that much just because of the offensive snaps he's taken. There hasn't he's not up there with the likes of the upper echelon receivers in the league. Uh, mm-hmm. But still, he's been on the field a lot. Like, I mean, he's been returning kicks since, what, 2013, 2014? Like, I mean, there's a lot of miles on that body, too. Don't kid yourself. This was a very important Grey Cup to the Canadian Football League. I, I think they yep. needed a great game. And uh, I don't always think that throwing caution to the wind and hoping that uh, these two te- Because, let's face it, the, the, the teams there... Their goal is to win, and I don't really think they care mm-hmm. about entertaining the country or uh, nope. the fans watching watching it. And it just happened that the game ended up Nor being entertaining. They. Exactly. Now, I, <laughs> I think that these next few Grey Cups are also very significant. And I think it's a good thing that they're going to be hosted in cities like Regina and cities like Hamilton that will organize mm-hmm. a great festival have full stadiums and have a great atmosphere all great cup week and that is what hamilton did <laughs> it's kind of funny they just they got it in between that they got it in between that third wave and the omicron yeah <laughs> variant they just got in that sweet spot hospitals will be full in two weeks but everybody's just gonna be like who cares we had a great great cup Next year will be between the sixth and seventh waves. <laughs> yeah, It'd be like in the wave pool. You just ride it out on a floaty mat. Now this off season is a significant one for the league. A lot of questions. What happens cool. with the Argos? What happens with the league itself? I, and I know a lot of yep. people are saying that. Hey, we got to change some rules. Uh, they're going to be exploring those, including. Don't say it. Don't 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 do it. I can't say it. Don't do it. it. You don't want to say it. You don't want to say it because you know if you say it, I'm going to get mad. So don't even say it. I truly feel sick to my stomach 
This is three-down football. Let's keep it that way. And these playoffs proved it. Does does changing to four downs make Ottawa Red Black games any more exciting? <laughs> Who's the quarterback of the Ottawa Red Blacks in uh, 2022? Is it Jeremiah Mazzoli? My Mazzoli. <laughs> it's not even a question. <laughs> Hamilton, Ontario. It's kind of funny. We're staying at this crappy days in, and it's uh, our Weird. last night that here. Nar- that narrows it down. <laughs> oh, dude, when I when I uh, tell a local where we're staying, they say, "Ooh, I." Uh, you don't even get that in Regina. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I wouldn't recommend it that place. Well, <laughs> yeah. build where were you hotel. eight months ago? <laughs> I find the people of Hamilton so hospitable, so friendly. Oh, 100%. Unless they're at Argo games. Cheer- I was cheering for the Ticats, so that probably helped my case. And yeah. uh, this this was a dialed down Great cup. I, I can't but wait to But it still see. looked pretty lit. It was. Other it than, was. Other than spoiled rotten doing acoustic sets. Yeah, I mean, Spirit of Edmonton's got to figure that out for next year and for yeah. uh, 2023. Don't have it in a bar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree. It was a great, great cup. And it almost feels like the world is back to normal again. But back to reality I go. Yes. Tomorrow. Oh, there goes gravity. <laughs> gravity always wins. We'll see yeah. what happens in 2022. We'll have another show before the end of the new year. I'm telling you now, Ty, uh, maybe we record uh-huh. Boxing Day and release on the 27th. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Whoa, 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 in the morning. Whoa. You Is know, that okay? You, what the name of Boxing Day I haven't been busy on. D- does the morning work? Well, let me check. Well, Christmas Day, I'm just going to be gambling so it doesn't really matter um and the game's in edmonton so yeah i think we should be fine okay there we go (laughs) talk to my mother like i mean if she makes me stay late that's her fault i know i know you talk to her travis i know you talk to her i do i do two and out (laughs) is a part of the alberta podcast network locally grown community supported check out uh, the read-along Podcast, a mini book club for your ears. Scott and Anita Bourgeois go on a weekly chapter by chapter journey. And hey, maybe I should read more in uh, in the <laughs> new year. Maybe that'll be my uh, New Year's resolution. Check out the read along and a lot hey, of other. We read a book. <laughs> great podcasts at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Thanks for a great cup. Great, great cup, Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Thanks for a great game, Ty Cats and Bombers. <laughs> 2021 season is in the books. We'll talk to you in a few weeks. And thanks for sticking with us this season. There were times yeah. when we weren't sure it was going to happen at all, but we did it. It was a grind. I mean. It was a grind. We we went through some ish. Yeah. <laughs> Rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. I'm going to warm up some more hotel pizza pops. (laughs) Don't burn the droof of your mouth. (laughs) We'll talk to you in a few weeks. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.